Welcome to episode two of What Kind of Country? I'm Victoria Meakin, and I'm moving with my family to the beautiful country of New Zealand. It's 2021, and the world is still in the grip of the coronavirus pandemic. So myself, my husband, and our two young children are governed by New Zealand's very strict managed isolation rules, meaning we'll be spending two weeks in a government-mandated hotel. And I'm delighted to say that I'll be dedicating part of that time to speaking remotely to some very generous Kiwis who've given up their time to help me answer the question, in 2021, what kind of country are we moving to? Coming up in this episode, arriving in New Zealand, our managed isolation location is revealed, And I speak to one of the key figures and advocates for New Zealand's aged care sector. So, for the first time in this podcast, I can say hello from New Zealand. We've flown 11,700 miles in the past few days after saying an emotional goodbye to family in the UK. And we are now in our managed isolation hotel in, drumroll, Christchurch, the largest city in the South Island and second largest based on population in New Zealand. As our final destination is North Canterbury, this has worked out very well for us indeed. We're being really well looked after by the officials and staff here in Christchurch and have been greeted by incredibly kind, efficient and professional people ever since we stepped off our international flight in Auckland. The rules are pretty strict at the moment. For instance, we're only allowed to open our hotel room doors at certain times and definitely not when someone in the room opposite has theirs open. But all the protocols are there for a reason and we understand that. We're here, we're very comfortable and we're receiving regular deliveries of really nice food and we can stare out of the window at Christchurch, which is a little quiet at the moment due to the Level 4 lockdown, which is still in place across New Zealand. So, to my first guest of this podcast. My guest today is Simon Wallace, who has spent the past six years as Chief Executive of the New Zealand Aged Care Association, the largest association in the country representing New Zealand's aged residential care sector, who provide rest home, hospital, dementia, psychogeriatric and short-term care. Now, New Zealand, like many countries around the world, has an increasing ageing population and is facing questions about how adequately prepared it is to support and look after growing numbers of elderly people in the coming years. So I really wanted to get Simon's perspective on what is a really big issue for New Zealand. Hi, Simon. Good to speak to you. Kia ora, Victoria. Thank you very much for doing this. When when I was originally planning this podcast, I'd envisaged being trapped in managed isolation while my guests were free to uh, roam around and live their lives completely normally. But of course, that's not the case at the moment. You're in lockdown too. How's that going for you? Uh, look, I think we're, we're used to it now. We did this in April last year and we're, we're geared up for it, I think, in New Zealand. And we, we're pretty good at following the rules. So, yeah, well well prepared, Victoria. Excellent. Uh, Good to hear. Um, Before we talk about the NZACA and some of the challenges facing New Zealand when it comes to aged care, 
I'd like to start with three quick questions that I'm asking every interviewee for this podcast from whatever sector they represent uh, to give me a newcomer to New Zealand a few recommendations about how to enjoy my new country. So uh, the first one, it's a pretty basic but fundamental one. I I wondered if you could tell me, Simon, what is your favourite beach in New Zealand? Well, you couldn't go past Little Kaiteri Terry, which is at the, the top of the South Island on the edge of the, the Abel Tasman National Park. It's just a fantastic little beach, uh, beautiful white sand, great for families and an excellent place for a, for a summer holiday. Okay, that's definitely going on my list then. And uh, uh, (laughs) probably going on from that, uh, where in New Zealand would you recommend I take my young family camping when I'm able to? Well, I think you should just go a few kilometres from Little Kaiteriteri into the Abel Tasman National Park proper. It's it's a fantastic uh, piece of New Zealand and it's a particularly good uh, place to camp if you haven't camped before, if you're if you're a novice and you haven't done done camping, uh, Abel Tasman is a great place to start. And all the walking tracks um, in the park itself are generally very flat, um, and the camping grounds um, are well equipped, and they're they're adjacent to to some lovely beaches as well. And uh, finally, for now, can you name one thing that you think every visitor to New Zealand should experience? Oh, um, I th- I think it would have to be cheese scones. So cheese scones is a New Zealand favourite. Um, my wife is actually English and she'd never known about cheese scones or the concept of cheese and scones until she came here. Um, so it, it's, <laughs> yes, sim- it's similar real... for me. Yes, <laughs> that's right. She thought it was very strange. <laughs> um, but look, cheese scones—they're—they're—they're they're, they're my favourite, and even better when they're toasted with with melting butter. So, so there you go. Oh, great! Thank you for that tip. Is, is your wife a convert now? She is. Yeah, she's a convert convert to a lot of Kiwi things now. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I'm adding those suggestions to an eventual big list at the end of this podcast. I have a final question along those lines for you at the end of the interview, but I'm going to turn now to your role as Chief Executive of New Zealand Aged Care. Uh, Can you describe your membership uh, for me to start off with? I'm aware it's pretty diverse in the aged care sector. Yes, you you gave a a good introduction, Victoria. So the, the Aged Care Association is a peak uh, membership body and we represent 90, more than 90% of the 40,000 age residential care beds in in the country. Uh, We call them rest homes in New Zealand, whereas I think in the UK you might might call our services care homes, but we tend to refer to them as rest homes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So 40,000 beds across 650 sites, uh, ranging from very large uh, operators that run uh, a number of faci- a number of care facilities to very very small ones. In fact, my my smallest member is a six bed home in in Taumanui in the rural King Country area of, of of New Zealand. So it is a broad church. The membership it's very very diverse, and um, we're always balancing. Um, 
the needs of of our very small members with the needs of our large members and, and sometimes uh, that's not always an easy balance. Can I ask you a bit about the the culture in New Zealand when it comes to the country's approach to looking after its elderly population? I'm aware of course that different countries and cultures have different approaches to how and where older members of society are looked after. Has there been any shift in the way New Zealand takes care of its elderly in the past few decades? I think uh, that's a really good question. I think uh, what what we've seen in the last decade is uh, the average age of entry into into care. Um, has gone from around 75 to 85 years old. So when we, uh, when our providers uh, receive someone into care, an older New Zealand into care, um, they do tend to um, have a lot more health conditions and what we call comorbidities um, than they would have had a decade, more than a decade ago. So people are coming in more frail and more sick. Um, and that's because there has been a, a, a policy of, of people ageing at home. Um, and, and we're not against that. Uh, we're not against people being at home um, if they're well and healthy. But um, we provide a service and um, if someone is assessed as requiring care, we, we, we think that they should be uh, getting that, um, that quality care in, in, in one of our rest homes. Um, did you want me to talk about the kind of the cultural the cultural dimension, uh, uh, that, Victoria? That would that would be great. That would be great because it's it's something that I'd like to learn a lot more about. Yes, yeah, so so I think that um, we are seeing um, more Asian people come in, into rest homes. We're seeing more Asian people take up businesses and run and, and run rest homes in New Zealand. Um, particularly in, in, in Auckland. Um, but I suppose when, when, when it comes to Māori, it's, it's, that hasn't been the, the model of care. Um, and, and you'll be aware that um, that care is about uh, looking after their, their, their old people uh, for as long as they can in, 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 their, in their own homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that still, still prevails in, in New Zealand. Um, uh, but it is it is slowly changing. It is gradually changing. As far as uh, your organisation is concerned, what is the gold standard when it comes to facilities in New Zealand that, that New Zealand should be striving for? I mean, what key factors do you think should be in place when it comes to environment, staffing levels, etc.? Uh, well, probably in the staffing levels you've you've touched on on a on a sore point or a really topical point and if I could just um, dwell on that for for a moment because uh, staffing right now is probably uh, well it's not probably it is our biggest concern and uh, we I guess like um, other jurisdictions um, we are short of of staff in our sector, particularly registered nurses. Uh, And in New Zealand, across the age residential care sector in in New Zealand, we have 5,000 nurses or should have 5,000 nurses, but at the moment we're 900 short. So the sector is running on 
on a little more than four thousand nurses. So that uh, that that is a real uh, that is a real concern. Um, it's a problem that's not that's not easily fixed. Uh, and what we are seeing at the moment is uh, some uh, units and beds closing because we won't compromise on that quality of care. We pride ourselves on the quality of care. So if we're not able to deliver that, um, the only option that, that uh, some in the sector are seeing now, if they haven't got staff, is to, is to, close, is to close units. And I've so, read that there are pressures with regards to sort of pay rates, uh, particularly after changes in Australia, and of course the MIQ pressures of uh, staff being able to enter the country from overseas. Yes, Victoria. There's a there's a couple of uh, couple of questions in there. The the, the one on um, entering from overseas and spaces in MI, MIQ is um, really critical at the moment because we have 350 migrant nurses with job offers to work uh, in age residential care in New Zealand, but can't get into the country because they're not able to secure a space in MIQ. Um, so that is a real concern. We have approached the government and we're starting to have a conversation with them about um, dedicated uh, dedicated space uh, in MIQ. Uh, has has there been any dedicated space up to now? Not f- not for nurses, no. No, we, we are aware of dedicated space in MIQ and the construction sector, for example, bringing in, in construction workers, that there are 60 spaces uh available all of the time for that workforce um, and if we had if we had that um, uh, we could bring in a lot more nurses who have job offers to come here so we are losing them to Australia um, and we are losing them to Canada and, 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 and the UK and 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 we can't afford to I suppose the other point in your question was around the pay rates mm. and the aged care nurses in New Zealand we are a a, a government-funded sector. The government pays uh, the, the salaries of nurses, of our nurses, just as they do in the public hospital system. But in, in that system, uh, those nurses get paid um, at least $10,000 more per year than one of our nurses. Um, and that could would rise even further because the government is currently in a negotiation with with hospital nurses to increase their pay, and we may see that gap extend to, to twenty thousand uh, New Zealand dollars, um, and that's not something that 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 our members, uh, our providers would would be able to match. So we're losing nurses to the public hospital system also. What's the balance between for-profit aged care providers and uh, non-profit providers in New Zealand? And, and what would the ideal balance be from your perspective? So around uh, 70% of the beds, so we talk about that in terms of, of bed numbers, so you know, 20, 27, 28,000 of the 40,000 beds, would be operated by not-for-profits, by trusts, by religious, by welfare organisations, and would be privately run, family-owned businesses. Um, the the other the other twelve thousand beds, or around about thirty percent, um, are run by um, 
five large uh, large corporate companies, stock exchange listed companies, um, that have that have co-located retirement villages. Um, so that's that's essentially that's essentially how how the model how the model works in New Zealand. That's how the beds are provided. What if you had to name one would be the most pressing issue in aged care that dominates your time above anything else at the moment? Victoria, it's most definitely the workforce at the moment. Um, un- undoubtedly the workforce and we're putting um, a huge amount of effort on a lot of fronts into that, whether it's whether as I say it's getting uh, migrant nurses into the country or working on initiatives with officials, with people inside our Department of Health um, to grow our nursing workforce, uh, that is our that is our priority. We we set up last year, the association set up last year a nursing leadership group. So that is a group of very um, experienced, skilled senior nurses in the sector, and and they have been head down working on. Um, initiatives with officials in the health department um, and others like the nursing council to to grow um, to grow the workforce in New Zealand, but it's very very challenging <laughs> mm. um, when you just don't have enough people. Right, and obviously not not helped by uh, the the global pandemic at the moment as well, uh, which is just affecting so many sort of areas of all of our lives. I mean, absolutely, and there isn't there isn't the same movement of nurses around around the globe because of 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 the pandemic. Um, I mean, Philipp- Philippines is a um, is a source for us of uh, of nurses, and they're extremely valuable to our workforce. But the Philippines is is got a cap on the number of nurses. Uh, it's allowing to travel because of the coronavirus. So uh, we're not the only ones in this situation, Victoria, but it is it is extremely challenging given that we're a nursing-led workforce. Simon, thank you so much for all of that insight and a, a lot of new information for me. Finally, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I um, asking my interviewees, all of them, a few more general questions uh, about uh, New Zealand. Uh, so I'd like to throw one more at you, if you wouldn't mind. This one verges towards the philosophical. Um, <laughs> what piece of advice would you give to a newcomer to New Zealand who has just arrived and is planning to make a life here? What one piece of advice would you give? Gosh, I probably use my wife's experience because she is a migrant she was a migrant to New Zealand as well and um, I think it can be um, an emotional roller coaster there's a lot of excitement but also a lot of anxiety at the same time and while it might be the the best thing that someone's ever done it's probably also the hardest thing that someone has done um, so I think and I think with all that in mind, it's it's about letting people know if you're finding it tough, yes. Um, because it's it, it's it's just not an easy street. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, and I just, think that's probably what I'd say, Victoria. I very much appreciate it, and uh, it sounds like very sound advice to me. Thank you, Simon. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, and uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Victoria. It's been good to chat. 
Thanks again to my guest today, Simon Wallace, the Chief Executive of the New Zealand Aged Care Association, for that brilliant insight into his sector and also more general tips for me about life in New Zealand. In the next episode, I'll be speaking to a Kiwi entrepreneur who brought one of New Zealand's traditional childhood games back into playgrounds last year. What Kind of Country was written, presented and edited by me, Victoria Meakin. My producer in Christchurch is Bridget de Goldie, and our original music was written and recorded in New Zealand by Corey Borzicker. What Kind of Country is a Broaden Up production.